Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Resilient Leaders Podcast, where resilience in leadership is not simply a good idea, it's required. I'm J.R. Briggs, and today we're going to explore the topic that is crucial for us. We're going to address the question, how does faith impact how we think about resilience? Now, for some of us who are leaders, but not faith leaders, or you don't consider yourself a Christian leader, I want to challenge you not to tune this out or tune, tune this off. Because leading with resilience is a transformational process, not merely a transactional or logistical process. It is not a paint-by-numbers approach. But I mentioned in an earlier episode that while I'm a leader who's committed to investing in and equipping other leaders, I am first a follower. I'm a follower of Jesus, who I believe was an incredible leader and is worthy of following. So I want to talk for a moment about what I call a theology of resilience. Theology of Resilience. Now, I know that sounds like a nerdy, dry, or academic topic, but theology simply means how we think about God. So how does how we think about God impact how we think about resilience in our leadership? The story of God and His gracious invitation to include us in His plan is full of resiliency. Now, some of you may think, wait a second, I thought God was the same yesterday, today, and forever, and He is. He is a principled God. He remains the same. And yet, how he interacts with the world and with us is constantly changing. In the Old Testament, we see the Israelites, the nation of Israel, being rescued from the slavery of Egypt and moving toward the promised land. As they traveled through the wilderness, God provided for them early each day by providing something like bread on the floor of the desert called manna. What's interesting in Hebrew is manna means, what is it? So they hold it up and said, manna. What is it? Because they didn't know, they've never seen anything like it, but it was a bread-like, almost like frosted flakes or bran flakes on the floor of the wilderness. It's as if God was trying to teach people how to deepen their trust in God and how to be resilient. Now think about how God shows up to his people. He shows up first in what is called a tabernacle, the spiritual tent where God's presence resided and it moved around the desert with the people. It was portable. It was not a permanent structure. In fact, in Numbers chapter 9, it says that the tabernacle was, when it was completed, the cloud of God's presence covered it. And at night, it looked like fire was above it. And during the day, it was a cloud. And when the cloud lifted from the tent, the Israelites would break camp and would set up somewhere else. And when it settled, that's where the Israelites would encamp. You see, sometimes the cloud was over the tabernacle for a few days. Sometimes the cloud stayed over them from just evening until morning, where the cloud stayed over the tabernacle for two days or a month or a year, Numbers 9 says, the Israelites would remain in camp and not set out. But when it lifted, they would set out. And when the cloud stayed, they stayed. When the cloud moved, they moved. That is resiliency of learning to trust God and moving on with him, whether he stays or goes. But then after the tabernacle is the temple. There was a rooted place in Jerusalem. You can see the ruins today of the, sub, of the second temple. But then Jesus claims that he is the temple, right? Talk about resiliency. He now, instead of a building, is now a person. And then when he leaves this earth, he looks to us and he says, you, the Holy Spirit is going to be inside of you. And Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 says that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are now moving around. Now think about Jesus. Jesus used the metaphor. He talked about new wine and new wineskin. In Luke chapter 5, 36 to 39, 
Now, if you think about new wine, new wine, of course, fermenting wine emits gases, which expand and contract. And so they didn't have wine bottles in ancient days, but they had bladders, these bladders, leather bladders that they would make that were pliable. They would hold liquid. They were very flexible and pliable. And pliable and flexible uh, bladders allowed for the expanding and the contracting of the fermenting wine. The pliable and flexible structures that we must have, we must be ready to adapt and be resilient when God wants to do something new through his spirit. So if you didn't have pliable uh, bladders, if you didn't have new wineskin, then after a while, the old ones who had been contracting and um, expanding over and over again, they, they lose their elasticity and they grow brittle. If you use an old one and you put new wine into an old wineskin, the elasticity is gone. It becomes brittle. It can no longer expand and contract, and it cracks, and the new wine leaks everywhere. Jesus says we are supposed to be like new wineskins. When the new wine is being poured out, he says, I want to see pliable, flexible people and structures that can adapt to what is happening. John chapter 8. Jesus says this, he says, the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the spirit. Jesus says that we're going to be resilient people if we are full of the spirit, just like the wind. In John 5, Jesus said, very truly, I tell you, the son, that is him, can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing because whatever the father does, the son also does. Jesus is being resilient in his obedience to his father. Think about how Jesus called us to forgiveness. Forgiveness is learning to be pliable and to be flexible. It is not remaining rigid in our resentment or our thinking about other people. It is a fresh start. There is freedom when we extend forgiveness toward others rather than harbor a grudge or continue to hold something against someone. Jesus says forgiveness is the way the people of God live. We forgive others even when they've wronged us. Paul talked about resilience in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. He says this, But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. And then he says this, We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. Now that is learning to live as spiritually resilient people. So what does this mean for churches and for church structures and for church leaders? If you're a church leader, I submit this mantra to you that I first heard from Erwin McManus about 20 years ago, and it continues to stay with me. He said, the structure must submit to the spirit. The structure must submit to the spirit. See, unfortunately we say, this is the way we've always done it. This is, this is, we've always had this around, whether it's been the last six months or six years or uh, 60 years or 300 years in our church. Dallas Willard says that the seven deadly words of the church are, we've never done it that way before. Are we the kind of churches that are willing to say, God, do whatever you want. We submit to your structure, even if it's different than something we've ever done, even if it costs us, even if it's risky. To be honest with you, I'm concerned about many churches moving forward in this new reality. I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not concerned 
whether you're a rural church, you're a big church, you're a small church. I'm not concerned with mostly with churches that have mostly old people or churches with you, just young people. I'm concerned for churches and church leaders that have an attitude of, we've never done it that way before. You see, the seven deadly words of the church are real. It's change or die time for the church. Leaders, especially Christian leaders, we have a faith that is resilient. It is not rigid. We have a God who remains the same, and we have a God who expresses himself differently depending upon context. His son Jesus was resilient and invites us into a resilient life. Therefore, when we allow our church structures to ossify and petrify over time, when we put our trust in our structures more than the Spirit, we do not properly reflect the heart of God or a theology of resilience from a resilient God. If there's ever a time for the church to be resilient, to meet the needs and the wounds that have emerged from this pandemic, the time is now. Be open and be resilient. The Spirit is good at many, many things, but one thing the Holy Spirit is bad at is maintaining the status quo. The Spirit is good at doing new things. The Spirit is always looking to do new things. Will we join the Spirit in the Spirit's work? Will we provide new, pliable, flexible, resilient wineskins to hold the new wine that is being poured out in it in this time? That's the challenge before us. But we can be. No, we must be resilient as church leaders. Why? Because we serve a God who's resilient and our faith is based on a theology of resiliency. So let's embrace that part of the DNA of our Christian faith. And that's just a brief overview of a theology of resiliency. I tried to boil down a whole semester worth of teaching on that into just about 10 minutes. Hopefully that was helpful for you. Thank you for joining me today. Make sure that you check out the show notes, including how you can contact me. I'd love to hear from you. I love hearing from leaders. Let's connect. This podcast is produced by the ever-skillful Joel Limbowen at On A Limb Productions. Visit onalimproductions.com for all of your video and, and podcast needs. Thank you to those of you who've left a review on iTunes or Stitcher. If you haven't done that before, can you do us a favor? Would you drop me a review? It'll take you 45 seconds and it helps us tremendously as we get this podcast launched. If we can partner with you and your leadership team to help you navigate this new reality, let's talk. Leaders, be faithful, available, teachable, and hungry. Keep leaning in and keep learning. <laughs>